this is Hadassah for Deborah's Court. It's a delight to welcome you back to this episode of Book by Book Bible Study. We're on the book of Acts and this is episode 23. We're looking at Acts chapter 23 and I really hope and pray that the Lord will open our minds, open our hearts, help us to hear him, to know him, to understand what he's saying to us in the words that we are reading and we are listening to that this will go beyond just um satisfying rituals and religion and you know healing in a routine but this will actually help us deepen our understanding of him and his ways and his works and his face and becoming more like him in the name of jesus amen acts 23 from verse 1 gazing intently at the high council paul began brothers i have always lived before god with a clear conscience instantly ananias the high priest commanded those close to paul to slap him on the mouth but paul said to him god will slap you you corrupt hypocrites what kind of judge are you to break the law yourself by ordering me struck like that those standing near paul said to him do you dare insult god's high priest I'm sorry, brothers, I didn't realize it was a high priest. Paul replied, For the scriptures say you must not speak evil of any of your rulers. This part, if I'm going to be honest, I sort of disagree. Because even though he is the high priest, what sort of judge actually asks? You know, like metal punishment before hearing the full testimony. Well, maybe he shouldn't have said it, but I don't think he was wrong. Either way, um, going through Acts 22 did show me a few things. Like they definitely lived in a different century, in a different era than we do, because a lot of the things that they were doing then was just absurd like imagine deciding to question someone and instead of picking someone from the crowd to explain why they are upset your answer is to beat up the person until they confess even though they've told you that there's no crime anyway i'm glad to be born in this century and this era I'm grateful to God that, you know, I don't live in that era. I did not live in that era because only God knows how I would have survived. Anyway, let's keep going. Verse 6. Paul realized that some members of the high council were Sadducees and some were Pharisees. So he shouted, brothers, I'm a Pharisee as were my ancestors. And I'm on trial because my hope is in the resurrection of the dead. This divided the council, the Pharisees against the Sadducees, for the Sadducees say there is no resurrection of or angels or spirits, but the Pharisees believe in all of this. So there was a great uproar. Some of the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees jumped up and began to argue forcefully. We see nothing wrong with him, they shouted. Perhaps a spirit or an angel spoke to him. As the conflict grew more violent, the commander was afraid they would tear Paul apart. So he ordered the soldiers to go and rescue him by force and take him back to the fortress. That night, the Lord appeared to Saul and said, Be encouraged, Paul, just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. 
I dare say that was a bold move by Paul. I mean, you probably realized that they were united in their decision to kill him, and it was just like, okay, no problem. I have also a seed of discord. Anyway. <laughs> Verse 12. The next morning, a group of Jews got together and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 of them in the conspiracy. Follow. More than 40 grown men came together and swore that they would not eat or drink until they killed another human being. And they were doing this in the name of God and hiding behind religion. You know, these days, um, I just take a break and I'm thankful, really thankful for Christianity because the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Islam, all of them can be quite absurd. Who does that? Like you look at a person and you deserve, you decide that they don't deserve to live because you disagree with their stance, and you know you're actually acting. Okay, okay, we're not going, we're not going down that route. <laughs> we're not going down that route. I, I just think it's important to bring it up because sometimes we act like that. So for some of us, it's not an outright, you know, plan to kill them. But we tear people down with our words because we disagree with their stance or we don't see eye to eye. Sometimes it's because, oh, how dare them for some superiority complex that is almost always grounded on something that makes no sense. And I've often had to ask people several in the past couple of years, what makes you think that you are better than them? You can't tell me it's your family or the you know the the heritage you are born in because it's not like you choose your family or your gender. You know if it is something that you choose like oh you have options and then you have to choose one and then they choose something that's inferior, you can probably argue that yes it's their fault or you are better for making the better choice. That is a flawed argument, but let's not go down that route. But it's it's an assignation that has nothing to do with your character has nothing to do with your track record has nothing to do with your impute you are born by no choice or influence of yours and you're born into a cert as a certain you know gender as a certain as a certain into a certain class and you suddenly decide that the way you were born, the things that dis- that characterize your body and your person, your physical person, your physical being, makes you better than another. Like it has never made sense to me, and I'm not sure that it is grounded in any scripture. I'm just saying, if you are in that class, you know this is your cue, this is your call to revise where you stand and review it and make sure that you're actually on the right side you understand and still acting christ-like because i don't get where that mentality comes from anyway let's keep reading 
verse 14 they went to the leading priests and elders and told them we have bound ourselves with an oath to eat nothing until we have killed paul so you and the high council should ask the commander to bring paul back to the council again pretend you want to examine his case more fully we'll kill him on the way now this part is even more shocking people are decided to kill under human law but they were bold enough to go to leadership and say we have decided to kill a person and they were bold enough because instead of being thrown into jail or tried you understand like there should be a legal charge in there somewhere we see the religious leaders in a bid to suit their own ego while also simultaneously you know um, um, sidestepping the responsibility that would have come with it encouraging that kind of a plot you know it starts to make sense when god says when scripture says that when the righteous rule city the people will prosper and when evil men are in charge of course the city starts to crumble because if this is the level of impunity that was available in leadership you can see how it promotes that culture all the way through the citizens i've said this time and again that leaders will always be a reflection of the people they lead because if they're not a reflection of the people of the mentality of the people that they lead they can't last as leaders before people pull them down but at the same time the prevailing beliefs of a of the leaders of a place will it will shift the system of that place in the direction of the prevailing belief so think of it this way say there are 50 people in a place and like 35 of that that 50 think a certain way 35 is a majority in 50 so it is highly likely that the leaders that emerge from that place will have the mentality and mindset and approach to things of that 35 maybe one or two of the leaders will be a little different but because of the kind of people that are in leadership you see those 35 who grow bold in their actions and follow that mentality until they stifle the remaining 15 that are not in agreement and sometimes stifling means um frustrate them um suppress them sometimes it means kicking them out and sometimes it means persecuting them or even killing them so the prevail the the mentality and the mindset of the leaders will then infiltrate the system until that mindset becomes the prevailing and descriptive factor of the group at large so if you are you're wondering why nigeria is the way nigeria is this is one of um this is a it's a very simplified explanation and so what it means is that for any change to actually happen you need a critical proportion of the population to push a mind change so like literally you see how it is the prevailing 35 that god represented in leadership you need to do a grassroots work so to speak 
and mindset change so the education the awareness the conversion the preaching that would shift the definition of the group such that the majority is the the mentality and mindset of the majority of the majority changes from what is at the leadership that is the only point at which you can now have a change so it can be of course it could be a violent revolution or a more quiet revolution but then ultimately leadership will represent the prevailing mindset of the majority of the people and the leadership will shape the outlook and the culture of the entirety of the people so every time you look at the jewish culture and you see how they are willing to murder to stifle any objection how they are willing to go to any length to maintain the illusion of control and superiority and holier than thou and only us can access heaven kind of outlook to life you start to see that it is a reflection of the prevalent mindset of the majority of the people and it is just helping them create an environment where only those kind of people thrive and this is um a a poignant reason why i almost always tell people that if you are in a toxic environment especially in toxic workplace or family setting you need to leave i know that it's tempting to say and maybe i can soften it maybe i can create a, a buffer Here's why the for the type of people, the mentality, the mindset of people that are in leadership will ultimately determine the system that thrives and influence the culture of that system. What it means is that only people that are like the leaders will flourish thrive and advance in that setting so to um to advance to flourish to thrive in that setting you would inevitably end up taking on traits from them and so the longer you stay there the more like them you become so unless there is an active push and an active move to actually influence change in the followers in that system in the members and not a oh we're talking to them and they are tolerating you no we're talking of the influence change in terms of you're talking to them and they're actually listening and negotiating change with you unless that is where you are you need to step out of that system and then influence it from the outside Otherwise, you will very well wake up one day and realize that you have become the very thing that you are fighting against. Systems corrupt people. Inherently, literally. So, you need to step out. It's, um, it's It's a lot easier to make you stand when you step out of the system and then say, this is why I left. 
and you can then negotiate from outside the system if you're going to push for change if you're going to advocate for change if you're going to be pushing awareness of where the problem is but you need to remove yourself from inside that system otherwise you wake up and realize that you have become the very thing that you are trying to find but that said let's get back to scripture from verse 16 but paul's nephew that's his sister's son heard of their plan and went to the fortress and told paul paul called for one of the roman officers and said take this young man to the commander he has something important to tell him verse 18 so the officer did explaining paul the prisoner called me over and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you the commander took his hand led him aside and asked what is it you want to tell me paul's nephew told him some jews are going to ask you to bring paul before the eye council tomorrow pretending they want to get some more information but don't do it there are more than 40 men hiding along the wall the way ready to ambush him they have vowed not to eat or drink anything until they have killed him they are ready now just waiting for your consent don't let anyone know you told me this the commander warned the young man then the commander called two of his officers and ordered get 200 soldiers ready to leave for caesarea at nine o'clock tonight also take 200 spearmen and 70 mounted troops provide horses for paul to ride and get him safely to governor felix then i wrote this letter to the governor from claudius lysias to his excellency governor felix Greetings. This man was seized by some Jews and they were about to kill him when I arrived with the troops. When I learned he was a Roman citizen, I removed him to safety. Then I took him to their high council to try to learn the basis of the accusation around him, against him. I soon discovered the charge of something regarding their religious law, certainly nothing worthy of imprisonment or death. But when I was but when I was informed of a plot to kill him, I immediately sent him on to you. I've told his accusers to bring their charges before you. So that night, as ordered, the soldiers took Paul as far as Antipatris. They returned to the fortress the f- next morning, while the mounted troops took him on to Caesarea. When they arrived in Caesarea, they presented Paul and the letter to Governor Felix. He read it and then asked Paul what province he was from. Cilicia, Paul answered, I will hear your case myself when your accusers arrive. The governor The governor told him. Then the governor ordered him kept in prison at Erod headquarters. Will. That was a close one. So um a few things stand out. First, God is a master at setting up everything, including our own biases, mistakes and stumbles to fulfill his master plan. Because here is Paul en route Rome in the long run just as God promised and it is the actions of men that is fulfilling the words God had spoken to Paul and again you see it playing out how God is sovereign his plan is his plan is supreme but on the other hand we have free will we can make our own choices and 
both sides play into one sovereign master plan anyway this is where chapter 23 ends i will see you in the next episode do have a beautiful day ahead bye